0: what's going on everybody it's mitch from respectmoreregion.com back with another episode of the rmr podcast today joined by special guest josh schmidt vp of business development at natura how are you doing today josh
1: i'm good thank you for having me mitch appreciate it
0: yeah yeah glad to have you on here we're getting some more west coast we've di- dived to nice the guys. east coast the last couple episodes so we are in the same time zone today man
1: great to be here a couple of days before uh, four twenty.
0: Yeah, I know. I know the the madness is coming. Thankfully, I don't know my scope of work with clients this year. Like everybody got their shit in order early. And I, thankfully, I'm not as much like on the ground the day of. So I, I think I might relax this year. Yeah, we were, everyone was,
1: everyone was pretty prepared over here too. And around California, at least, you know, a, a lot of people are, uh, the retailers, especially on the retail side, were, you know, kind of between distribution and retail. We knew we had to have things ready a little bit ago. And then, A lot of good events and a lot of things. You know, California has a lot of things going on. New York has a lot of things going on. A lot of people are going out to New York. It's going to be crazy out there too. But um, all in all, the people are just happy to be out again. I think the rain forecast up north shows a little opening in the in the in the weather, so it shouldn't be wet, which is good. People should be out.
0: Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, I definitely I've seen that progression in cannabis where it definitely seems like this year, at least from my side, everybody's a little bit more ready i'm sure if you talk to you know weed maps and the big platforms and advertising partners have been pulling everyone's teeth to get their shit in order Uh, months ago they might say it's still a little bit late but from my perspective everyone seems a little bit more prepared this year than than the last minute dash that's usually in an industry of uh, in an indus- industry of people that are known to be a little late to, to the party, <laughs> exactly. Time time moves a little slow, but anyways, you know, every guest I have on here, I like to start off with the question of their origin story around cannabis. I know you have quite an extensive history, but I'm just curious, kind of personally and professionally, you know, the, the start uh, uh, of Joshman and cannabis. Well, Joshman and
1: cannabis uh, started in I think it was '92. Uh, I was 12 not even 13 my parents you know they're getting a little bit more comfortable with the story now but before it was a little rough you know I tried I never really drank alcohol my parents had a restaurant a really busy at a couple restaurants in the Burlingame area which is a suburb of San Francisco in the San Francisco Bay Area right near the San Francisco Airport I grew up watching between you know waiters on whatever kind of drugs after work or people on drugs and alcohol in the bar we had a really popular bar i I saw the the effects of alcohol a lot of people uh were you know partying it up and whatnot and i never really was into it i tasted beer i tasted alcohol like with my friends like i had access to the the bar Mm -hmm. uh, and i hated the flavor uh but something about the first you know experience with cannabis i knew something it, it kind of allured me a little bit i I tried it with some friends, uh, older siblings. Uh, It was really the first thing I ever smoked, so it was like super uncomfortable in my throat. I remember I even gagged up. The the it was really embarrassing. Uh, I got teased throughout high school because of it. Uh, But later, you know, tried it again. Tried it again. I remember we were even lighting the pipe first and then trying to inhale, not knowing (laughs) that you had to inhale at the same time as you know the pipe uh, was being lit. Uh, Eventually, figured it all out. Uh, I became like the guy in high school that, you know, people felt comfortable. We would smoke together for the first time. Um, I loved reggae music. Um, I used to always go to, you know, Jamaica. My parents uh, loved traveling. We would travel as a family a lot. We'd go on cruises. And uh, as early as 16 years old, I was finding ways to, like, ditch them at the port of call in Jamaica to go (laughs) find a Rasta to go up in the hills. And. You know, I told them just to, to experience uh, Jamaica and, and, you know, Rastafarianism, but I was really just trying to go get high and go see some plants growing and whatnot, which I did. Um, so I was a young uh, a fan of the plant. Um, later on, I, I would travel uh, more and more extensively. Every time I would go visit my family in Israel, my, my father was born and raised in Israel, came over here in 19... Uh, 69 about um we would go visit my grandma and i would always try and find a way to, to divert through amsterdam or through europe somehow to to you know smoke in amsterdam and the coffee shops um later on i learned about prop 215 i got my you know i was lucky to be from the san francisco uh, bay area where we could get a doctor's recommendation uh which really i was super curious about not only the the collective and the the dispensary slash uh, uh, caregiver program that California, you know, and beyond had that I went as far as, you know, learning with my going up and down the state, learning how to vend, met a lot of great people, a lot of great doctors, and eventually opened one of the first couple uh, collectives in the San Fernando Valley. Being from the Bay Area, I didn't know anyone in LA. Mm. Uh, I think it was 2004, 2003, 2004. So really young, 23, 24 years old. Uh, so went all through the, all through the, the stages and then eventually cultivated up in the hills of northern california um and then you know was was uh, introduced to my my partners that i eventually started pistol point in oregon with uh which was in portland portland oregon stuck got uh, went up to oregon got my first real feel of, of a licensed recreational cannabis you know started as medical but evolved yeah. into recreational up in oregon uh and then came down to california where i'm here in nature now uh, still operating Pistol Point for California. My partner for Pistol Point is out in New York, uh, getting started in the program out there. Uh, and I'm here, 22 years later, pretty much. You know, after starting in in license or you know medical cannabis in California, uh, still around to talk about it.
0: I, I love it, man. It's just yeah. a curious kid that found something that he enjoyed to then working in all facets of this plant. So many aspects of the plant. What, what kind of fuels your inspiration or, or, or desire to go from, like, learn about, you know, to learn about the medical, to learn about cultivation, to learn about recreational cannabis and, like, bounce around? Like, what, what kind of fuels, you know, exploring all these different avenues? Well, I'm kind of obsessive. Like, I first of all, I don't like to
1: go to places and not know, you know, understand languages and not, you know, understand what's going on. Um, so, with cannabis, first of all, first and foremost, love the effect. I love what it did to me. I loved what it did to me the day after the night, you know, the all of, compared, you know, to other things that I could use to alter my, my mind, because at the end of the day, my mind runs really, you know, rapid. I have a lot of, you know, everyone's got a lot of things going on in their lives. And for me, cannabis was a really nice way of just calming down. Um, uh, I would say. Wait, where, where, where was I going? Sorry. It was like,
0: what? What was the inspiration to go and learn all these different facets? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So I didn't. I want to know everything. For example, I, <laughs> I'm obsessive. So I was in. For example, I lived in Thailand. I learned Thai because I couldn't understand people. I couldn't deal with people not. Uh, I couldn't deal with not knowing what people were saying around me. So I learned Thai to the point where I can speak Thai. I can read Thai. I can. Mm. almost write it pretty fluently. Cannabis is the same. Uh, Everything from the effect to genetics. I used to collect seeds. I used to go around the world and collect seeds, mostly Europe, mostly Canada, uh, local breeders here in California and around America, but mostly I would go to Europe. I would use seed banks. We would go to Holland, to places like uh, Seed Boutique, uh, some of these other places that existed through platforms like IC Mag and Overgrow. And I would collect seeds and grow all of these varieties out here in California. Uh, so I just love all that. And then, you know, as I evolved through the ages, learning how to grow really big plants, uh, learning, you know, then we would turn into branding and marketing and just the whole homogenization of all of the different aspects of the plant and what it does to the culture, music. It just, it just gets me excited. I just love it. It's, it's just natural, organic, <laughs> it's really organic.
0: Absolutely. And and where you're at now with Natura, um, you guys obviously are, are are producing, you know, cultivating and producing, you know, cannabis manufacturing, producing products at a very large scale. You know, one of the pioneers of doing it at that size of scale. What have been some of the. the the ceilings that have had to be broken through and and just the the growth challenges in taking something that's been done in garages or small scale fields on the side of hills to a a much larger, more scientific approach and just large scale in general.
1: Well, at the end of the day, we're craft, you know, even though we have a a monstrously large facility, we're trying to achieve craft results. So just really growing uh, at such a large scale, manufacturing at such a large scale and getting a certain quality is the hardest one so just people and also covid and and all that you know having dealing with people not showing up to work or not being getting sick and not being able to be around people it's been really challenging so i would say just managing people managing processes it's really difficult
0: absolutely and it's never been done i mean you guys are one of the ones that are helping helping write the playbook
1: (laughs) not at this scale
0: yeah, absolutely. And what, what about it do you personally you know, find the most enjoyment of? Obviously, you guys are a crucial part of the supply chain in, in producing products and having a house of brands. And I know you wear a lot of hats. You've done a lot of things. But in your current role, what is what are you most passionate about and what do you enjoy doing most day to day? I would say... Uh, people just dealing with the different brands, uh, bringing the
1: different, you know, brands like Fidel's, brands like Jelly Wizard, brands, you know, that have, have, have been in, in smaller areas, smaller demographics of the streets, the, the culture, bringing them to the masses, teaching people the stories, you know, d- managing, managing brands and managing, you know, different manufactured products. It's, it's really difficult and just expectations are really high and it just brings me joy to bring all these brands to market. To be honest, and just you know, also just bringing um, these manufacturing practices and and and, and uh, into this scale with this plant that we've you know been in the hills, been so far, been indoors, and now we're out in the open across the street from the the Marines over here, next door to FedEx. It's it's a beautiful thing, you know. We're 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 doing amazing things to the plant that I would ten years ago never never think would be a possibility.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that type of scale is helping normalize, just like you said, just sheer location of where you're at near these other entities and businesses of having cannabis there as a legitimate taxpaying business. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I know your family has some history in in the hospitality industry. I know I met your pops out there in uh, Santa Rosa. You guys had a had a nice spread at the at the house out there for the last Hall of Flowers uh, up north. Um, is that kind of where you find this, this joy of just being around people and connecting people? Cause obviously that's such a huge part of, of the hospitality industry. Yeah. My dad and mom had a restaurant, uh, growing up a couple of restaurants and my mom was at the
1: front of the house and my dad was back in the kitchen and it was really, uh, really the way I, I came up, uh, learning how to deal with people and, and relationships and whatnot. And there, you know, something about cannabis is, is, you know, that you have to tie it all together with relationships, with personalities uh, that, that I love, uh, that I, I was trained in that. I grew up, you know, in the front, you know, in the back of the kitchen, dealing with maitre d's, dealing with waiters. Uh, it was amazing. It was, it was just, it was, it was something that I wouldn't trade for the, you know, trade for the world. My uncle was a chocolatier. I, I watched the joy that he brought to people's, you know, lives with, through his chocolates uh, and imagination and creation. So I'm really just trying to, to live in their footsteps. That's awesome. Following their footsteps.
0: Yeah. Continuing the legacy, continuing yeah. the legacy. Um, you know, I want to take it back a little bit, you know, to the, the, the collective that you started down in Van Nuys, the LA area, you said, you know, you're not from that area, a little bit of a transplant, but obviously SFV is a, is another, I mean, you're from the Bay area. That's a historical landmark for cannabis. So is that SFV, what, what was it like kind of, go into such a historical area where you didn't know people. I and mean, then why was that kind of the, the destination of when you started the first collective?
1: In that area, you had a really large population that had no access to cannabis. Uh, so we were just really trying to get to the masses. There was something in, you know, small network in San Diego and in L.A., but um, nothing in that region of San Fernando Valley. So we just found a really good opening uh, uh, on Craigslist in the strip mall in Van mm-hmm. Nuys and we attacked it and we had a a first harvest in the hills of, of Oroville, uh, that we, uh, the Butte County Sheriff's pretty much asked us what we were doing. And we said we wanted to form a collective and they led us towards, uh, opening a, starting a collective. And we decided to just talk with a lawyer and he said, go open a a collective. And we found a strip mall and that was the first place that we could find. So we just started there. (laughs) We had big dreams.
0: That's interesting. And that's, you know, that obviously, initial a- entry to the market grew into pistol point which is a super large you know the, the pistol point's entry in Oregon which is a very large uh you know scale production or cultivation especially at, at the state of Oregon that's that's uh you know sees a lot of craft what was the desire to go to Oregon and what kind of led to that part of the journey taking you to portland
1: um i was in my farm in northern california and a couple gentlemen came and found me they had a big dream of of going to Oregon and starting in Oregon. So I, I ran with them up there. It was a great opportunity. We had first to market opportunity in Oregon, brought the crew up to Oregon and uh, just, it was really just opportunity and being first to market and just being up there and just getting started. And it's, you know, they, they were everyone, you know, my partner's more on the ground up there, just really scale things really quickly. And, and before we knew it, we, we had something great. And the brand pistol point, the name came up was it's come up by my partner and uh, partners and uh, we really just, you know, they were on the ground. Mostly I was down here in California uh, taking care of my, my family and my son. I would go up, you know, occasionally sent up the troops and the genetics and whatnot, but they were really holding it down.
0: Absolutely. And so that's, that, that was always the goal was to bring that back to the home state of California. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. For my partner, it's, uh, the other partners to take it back to their home, you know, home states of the Northeast, New York and New Jersey.
0: Right. And that's what, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes forget how, you know, in terms of recreational legalization, Washington, Oregon, we're ahead of the curve of California. Although California, you know, the accessibility and the culture and the commerce of cannabis, I say, has been much more established in California for a lot longer, just this recreational ball game a little bit shorter in that. Exactly. Day. Exactly. Um, what was what's what was the significance of of bringing that back to California and and you know obviously getting in at, at with the you know remarkable facility that you guys have?
1: Well, for me, it was it was you know staying close to the family. My son, as he got older, the younger son, he was getting a little bit more difficult with the, his autism, uh, so I would find myself needing to be closer to home. Uh, it was a great opportunity here because Ori, the the founder and CEO of Nature, had such an incredible vision and uh, backing with, and with his investor that I couldn't really see another, a a better place to, to, to get started. Uh, I had, you know, my uncle used to have a smaller chocolate factory that evolved into a really big chocolate factory that eventually sold to Hershey's. So this is kind of like something very similar to to what I saw with him that I've never seen before. You know, one, it was one thing to raise 5 million, $10 million dollars uh to build these cannabis projects but this place was over 90 million dollars it's just super impressive and it really involved a lot of the manufacturing that took me back to my uncle's chocolate i'll say it again chocolate factory and all the gmp and gap uh practices which which we you know pretty much have here although we can't use any of them until it's federally legal we're ready to sustain you know the fda or whoever comes in later during during uh you know as things evolve into Hopefully, federal lifting and interstate, you know, commerce.
0: Yeah, and then the the current the current you know, vision or, or operating scale of Natura. You know, obviously, you guys are part of that supply chain, curating products, um, cultivating, manufacturing, but you're really housing. I mean, you guys have some in house brands, but you're also housing brands. Where where do you see this model fitting into the the, the market right now? That's continually to evolve.
1: We have, you know, we do everything here from like white labeling uh, to contract manufacturing to private label for just, you know, certain collectives and dispensaries to creating for certain brands. Uh, we're right now we're creating uh, a couple brands in house for the first time. It was something that wasn't in our model originally. Um, it's something really fun that we're 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 just getting started on our sales and marketing. We're just building our sales team. We're just building uh, all of the those aspects that we didn't quite think about as, not think about, we didn't really put a lot of effort or finances into until the end, cause this is very much a factory. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go back to just really loving these brands that we started with, you know, uh, D which is a collaboration with a group that, that's a tie. you know, uh, Solventless hash rosin uh, gummy, which has, you know, six really unique flavors and about to be a seventh flavor uh tamarin that we're adding in which is a doja pack collab that'll be has like rs11 solventless hash in it which mm-hmm. is really cool you have seven flavors there uh, we have jelly wizard you have fidel's you have pistol point you have some of these other uh, sluggers is a brand that we're about to launch which is an infused pre-roll which is super fun we're using vibes papers uh we're, we're using all single source products everything from here from hde to solventless hash to flower just all no trim no everything really good so really having fun on the creative side right now you know and it's something we didn't really think about at the beginning cuz other people were bringing us the packaging and bringing us everything now we're doing it ourselves
0: so it's, it's fun absolutely i mean you guys have the creative you know you guys got the creative playground down there to kind of create all these different products how 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 much fun for that for you is that kind of that r and d phase of trying these different products and helping kind of Guide these people down the path of creating something new. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun from the cannabis stuff It's done
1: fun from the the extract part uh, It's fun blending uh, The kitchen is obviously the most fun. That's probably my the, you know the, the, the room that you have the most pleasure, you know as far as like experimenting and whatnot and the and you know We're just getting started with a lot of like the like solventless hash uh, uh, rosin vapes and a lot of like the live resin vapes We just got extraction on last. So we're having a lot of fun in there. Uh, something that we didn't even anticipate day one because yeah. Sacramento didn't even allow uh hydrocarbon. So after they allowed it, we, you know, amended our plans and got uh, live resin, uh, uh, the ca- live resin capability put in here. So we're doing solveness and that just really having, you know, just trying vapes, making vapes, um, it's really fun. You know, we've, we've done a lot of things in the kitchen. Uh, we're creating, you know, special edibles, uh, uh, that a lot of people haven't quite put out to market as far as cannabis. Uh, some of our partners that we're working with, such as alien labs are creating, uh, amazing edibles that are about to hit the markets some gummies that are going to be crazy. Uh, jelly wizard is, is, you know coming out with his line of edibles which are you're only you know available from friends and medical in the past and now they're going to be available everywhere stizzy carries them at every retail which is amazing this is a guy from humble that's been growing since he was uh young he's third pretty much third generation grower yeah. uh and a single dad from humble and really had a vision and a dream and his brand got brought to life and is being so it's that's that's what i really like and and uh, I like to compare a lot of these brands if you look at the liquor world, a lot you know, especially Kentucky whiskey or like even like the South, you know, with Tennessee and Jack mm-hmm. Daniels and uh, you know a lot of those kind of guys. And the grant in a sense, those guys were like gangsters or the, not gangsters. those guys were like outlaws and mm-hmm. uh, stilling. and you know eventually it became legal, and they got marketing teams and they built out. It's very similar what we're kind of doing. In the cannabis to what a lot of the liquor the, the distilled uh kentucky whiskey and a lot of the bourbon guys and whatnot um a lot of parallel similarities uh between the markets as far as like the the evolution of the brands and becoming mainstream um at the end of the day we're just really trying to make great products that if you read the ingredients they're made with a conscience and, and you feel good eating them and using them or smoking them and whatnot they're made with care uh and although we have a really large 12-acre facility with over 300 employees we're really just uh, there's a real great energy here a family vibe uh people come here and they tour here they 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 one thing that they take away um is that there's an amazing like vibration or energy uh that, that we have here and uh, a lot of that transcends into the products i think and just you know just the, everyone from custodial to cultivation to extraction to packaging and whatnot everyone's got a really good vibe it's 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 a special place
0: awesome and i, I think that's attributed honestly you know from outside looking into individuals like yourself that are that are a part of leadership that are connected to the culture and really passionate and involved with this plant for a lot of things beyond just the business opportunity right and have really seen it through i think i think that type of those type of pieces of of, of a culture inside an organization really shine through um you know that separate itself from a lot of these other large scale company, not, not a lot but I mean, You see some in some other countries and stuff, large scale companies that, that lack a little bit of the soul. You know what I mean? I think that's how you can hold something as it grows big to, to still have that, that family, familia type feel. The founder, the
1: founder the CEO, or he's pretty much here every day. He's not one of these guys that's in like another state or country calling in, checking in. Uh, he's in cultivation. He's in extraction. He's in sales. He's, he he's on it. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. and he cares. And then he also has found a great network of people that he's, that they've onboarded and hired that have amazing energy. We even have a, a sh, more or less a shaman. Um, that's part of That's part of it. He, he's, he doesn't like to be called that, but he's, uh, he's been working with plant medicine, uh, in his lineage of for going back long, long time. And he's here mostly obviously, uh he's creating a brand with us that's using cannabinoids and different plants and barks that are indigenous to his part of mexico and also different amazonian parts you know he's creating a brand Mm -hmm. of functional products that are going to be amazing but he's also integrating himself into different departments of this facility of us and integrating and 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 uh Inserting his positive energy and, and, and talking to different people it, It's a really beautiful thing that he's done with us over the last couple of years here. He, he touches almost everyone here at the facility uh, Spiritually probably, you know, he's here. I would say two days a week three days a week But he's 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 a great guy that you don't really see that at a lot of uh, a lot of cannabis, companies. right? you don't see uh, uh, people that are inserted into the company to increase vibrations, to increase energy, uh, positive energy. Um, it's, it's infectious a little bit, and it, it helps us get through in a, in a crazy industry at a crazy time.
0: That, yeah, that's important. You know, I, uh, I, I'm a sports fan and they talk about how the importance, right, on sports teams that have vets, guys at the end of the bench that might not be playing minutes, but contribute some of those much needed, essentially vibrations of what you're talking about, but just much needed things that impact the, the morale and the mental and the mindset, the things that are, you know, that not a lot of people prioritize, but make an absolute huge difference when you're talking about team building and putting a collective people together and, and driving towards a, a vision. Yeah,
1: especially with the way w- the world is, and just a lot of things going on with COVID and beyond, and just just uh, people. We need we need a we need to be a cohesive family, not only at home but in your workplace. It just helps so much get through. And uh, a lot of us are here as early as seven thirty, eight in the morning. Sometimes we're not leaving until six thirty Monday to Friday. So weekends plant the plants don't the plants don't sleep. Cultivation's here every day uh manufacturing here and some we're adding more shifts it's we're still a startup quote unquote i think we'll be a, you know a lot of cannabis companies evolve so so rapidly and change so much uh i think technology a lot of these technology companies if you go back like 20 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: similar you know they started very small and splintered and a lot of things have changed over the last 20 years my mom used to work at oracle you know and i you know, she was with Larry Ellison as in, in like his office and like now Oracle is all over the world right. and massive and huge. And uh, I see cannabis going really, it's going to be huge, really big. The world is kind of looking at our region uh, a little bit, you know, just, you know, just to because, you know, while they're very relevant and while there's a lot going on around the world, a lot of amazing things that, that, that we're not doing here. Uh, We do have the luxury and the liberty to do things on a large scale rapidly uh, and time is is super important. Um, So we're fortunate and and lucky to be here.
0: And with that, you know, you've traveled the entire world, you know, quote unquote, for for a lot of gone a lot of different stretches of this this earth looking at at cannabis for a large part of your life. Uh, Do you think California has the best weed in the world and, and why California, if so?
1: I do, you know. I do. I, I, you know. I think we have the most variety, and we have the most options. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of like strains and variety. Like, if you break it down to the flower, um, there's a lot of varieties that I, we've lost. You know, especially thinking of California that are gone. I can't find them anymore. I don't know where they are. They were, you know, through viruses and arrests and seizures and moving and this and the. A lot of people lost a lot of a lot of gems. Uh, we have the most varieties of gems. There's a lot of the hunting, a lot of the hunting, and what I'm seeing. Like I've, I, I'm a huge consumer of flour, but I love solv- I love hash, mm-hmm. uh, mostly you know hash rosin and different kinds of like full melt or really good, uh, really good extracted water hash usually. Um, and we're, you know, obviously, there's great stuff. I, I've I've had some great stuff around America, different places. Canada has some good stuff it depends where you go but if you know the right people there's some amazing stuff uh, Europe Spain Spain I was I'm, every time I go back to Spain I'm super impressed um, there's some crazy stuff coming out of Morocco you know and I personally have a, a, a love for Moroccan hash you know a Moroccan style hash but you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, variety you know there's some great Moroccan, there's some that's kind of mediocre. Their the quality is not so hot, uh, but California, we just have s- so much abundance of, of a great product. And Colorado, a lot of the, uh, there's Colorado, Colorado's got some great stuff so for hash. A lot yeah. of these places like Colorado that that they grow indoor and extract the, this, the indoor into hash because of the weather, because of the way, it, how it is to dry, uh, greenhouse or, or, like, we can grow easily here, you know, mixed light and, and fresh freeze it and turn it into great hash or even sun-grown. Uh, Colorado, it's not that easy. So I've seen some crazy, you know, Michigan and Colorado indoor converted to solventless hash resin that just, or even live resin that blew my mind. Um, so it's, it's just genetics and learning, you know, what those genetics do. Uh, states like Colorado, Oregon, I forgot about Oregon, Oregon. No offense Washington I haven't had so much there's definitely some there's definitely yeah. some winners up there but Oregon a lot of people sleep on Oregon There's yeah. some crazy good product in Oregon flower hash uh, Oregon I used to say is is like the the Japan of of America meaning like the Japanese are super crafty uh, attention to detail um, uh, farms. you know a lot of like single source farm to table uh, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I really love in Oregon with with a lot of the 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 cultivars and the, the, the outfits that are uh that are creating great products so i think california is one of the best you know i i'm a i'm obviously a little biased i'm from here uh but you know in north america uh, america in general we're we're blessed to have mm-hmm. a lot of great products south america africa asia th- there's some good stuff here and there but f- you know a lot of it comes down to how we can cultivate it, how we can dry a lot of it, right. how we, we can cure a lot of it. A lot of these other places can grow. Sometimes you can grow a lot of it. But to grow a lot, to dry a lot, to cure a lot, to trim a mm. lot, to extract a lot and, and keep quality at a high standard is a whole nother, yeah. whole nother, uh, whole nother thing.
0: I'm gonna, you know, first of all, I'm I have to give you next time you're in Washington, let me know. I'm gonna pull up on been you a while. with, with, with been a the while. gift pack. I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you and, and, and make sure you. my state is represented. But you you're you're very right in the sense of you know, I I I believe it. Same thing about California, you know, living on the on the West Coast. A lot of people in the industry in Washington or Oregon think they're the best for the same reason as you. I think California leads the way just in terms of volume there's the most people there that are getting the most nerdy about it that are growing the most that are pheno hunting the most and it just gives you an unbelievable amount of just new flavors coming out and sure they'll be copied the rest of the country or world after but they that's usually where a lot of it originates At the you know the last couple decades so i think california takes the cake but oregon you know back back in back in my legacy days you know growing being in washington we we always prayed for a northern cali plug but I always say we would have set. We settled for a Southern Oregon plug, and honestly, there was a lot of stuff that was probably Southern Oregon that was sold as Cali, and nobody. One hundred percent. One
1: hundred percent.
0: So we, we, you know, you were happy. You were happy. You were honestly happy. To just get close to California, and you'd you'd be happy with the plug, man. Back. And then. that also came down to how we how we were, you know, growing more and drying it, you know, to dry cannabis
1: in October, November, December in. Northern California compared to Oregon and northern Oregon, especially in southern Washington, like Washington, humidity, like Mm -hmm. the amount of dehumidifiers, you're usually out in the middle of nowhere to to run a bunch of electricity, you're shorting, you know, it's all those things back in the day we we had to take into account. Um, You have a lot more going for you down here, you know.
0: Absolutely, and what and obviously you're from the you're from the Bay Area, which obviously or you know have a lot of ties out there as well. What is it about the Bay Area that makes it so special in its place within cannabis culture and, and the industry and and just I don't know cannabis in general?
1: You know, we've just always you know a lot of it uh, a lot of it. The Bay Area has always been a really free liberal. You go back to the '60s, the 70s, you know I'm a, you know hippie hills about to happen on 420 and. San Francisco, probably 100,000, you know, lot of people going, migrating into just for free love, free fun, free free smoke, free drugs, you know, if you go back. Um, music, culture, uh, liberal, being free, art, uh, expressing yourself, all these things are conducive with cannabis consumption. Uh, and, you know, opening your mind. And um, if you go around the Bay Area from, you know, the Marin County and up in the going into Sonoma and then you go out of the East Bay and South Bay, all of those little areas have traditionally, you know, you'd go to a concert at shoreline, you'd go, uh, out to, you know, even the candlestick park, you'd have Jerry Garcia, uh, performing the star spangled banner and the deadhead showing up to the giants game to smoke joints like in, in the ballpark, you know, just things like that happened in San Francisco Bay area. So that culture, that counterculture, uh, you know, wavy gravy, like all of these people that, that were, you know, living in San Francisco in that time period, it, then heading into, you know, people like we had all of these advocates like Dennis Perone, and you had, uh, uh, he was in San Francisco with Wayne Justman, all these guys really doing amazing things in San Francisco. Then you go over to Oakland and you have Ed Rosenthal and you have those, you know, they were in the East Bay with Dr. Todd and all those. And then you got, you know, so, and then you had the lack of access, in the south, and where I was from, and then down to San Jose, and then up in the north, Marin, lack of access, and then you had what you had up in Mendocino, coming down. So, for whatever reason, we were just on that receiving end of of, of great, you know, flower always either coming down from the 101, you know, south. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was where you had shoreline. It was where you had uh, the, the big arenas in, in Oakland or wherever we were going to raves and. Uh, partying as youngster, like there was always a lot of cannabis. Um, So, you know, usually in these places like Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, LA, if you follow it's a lot of it's that 101 Highway Mm -hmm. 5 coming down where a lot of that either BC was coming down uh, or the, the, the California cannabis was making its way down the freeway from, you know, Trinity, Humboldt, Mendocino down you just follow it that's where a lot of consumption was
0: absolutely absolutely and yeah you guys were the benefactor being not not too far you know the biggest the biggest uh metropolitan area close to to the hills up there man you guys mm-hmm. really got to sample a lot of stuff before everyone else and we're uh, the
1: big you know producers the west coast is the producers and traditionally the east coast were the consumers or other places where the consumers and you know because of the weather mostly you can do amazing things under the sun and from southern oregon down you know to throughout california microclimates that are just amazing for cannabis you can grow one plant and get amazing yields and the quality comes out beautifully uh so it's it's a beautiful microclimate for cannabis
0: we're lucky Absolutely. And then also, you know, your Bay Area ties. I know you've you've worked with, uh, you know, Cookies and Burner in the past on various projects and in, in a couple of different ways and a couple of different states that I that I know about. Um, when, when did you find a first kind of cross pass with, with the Cookies fam and Burner? So the first time I crossed
1: pass with with Burn was I think I was about 20, 21, 20 or 21. Uh, there was a dispensary called the Hemp Center on Geary Street. In San Francisco, Um, we used to follow this California normal uh, web list that would, you know, every time a new collective or someone would pop up, it would have Hawaii, it would have, I think it was Canada, it would have Alaska, it would have uh, Oregon, Washington, California, and Mm -hmm. you know, if new place popped up, you'd have the address, the phone number, uh, and how you would you get a hold of them. So. I would, you know, follow the list and I saw and would want to try everyone in San Francisco. I I would, you know, they, we had nothing down by me, so I'd get up there, I'd get my doctor note. I went into this one place, had like the, the Rasta colors, uh, you'd check in, you go to the back, and a decent amount at that time of the collectives or the dispensaries you could smoke in too. Mm-hmm. So you could buy your medicine, you could they had bongs, you could roll it up, they'd have volcanoes, you could just chill, you could do whatever you wanted, they weren't pushing you out or whatnot. Um, so he was a bud tender, uh, and kind of working at this one shop that I would go in and they would have really good, you know, I would go around to all the places, analyze the cost, the, the quality. And mm-hmm. it was definitely one of the best shops, great vibe, uh, for the moment you'd walk in. So you go back, everyone back there had a great vibe. Um, so it was mostly on that side. Then eventually we learned how to vend, uh, which Providing product to all these collectives and we went that was one of the first stops we went to because mm-hmm. we loved being there We just all we wanted to To be was on the menu uh, So it became you know closer that way uh, And then eventually when I moved down to LA it was kind of like, you know, hey We're opening up the shop in studio city if someone comes up here or if somebody asked you guys where to go in LA to get good stuff you know tell them THC Van Nuys and start pushing, you know, a lot of people started getting pushed down between him and the hemp center and other places like the Love Shack uh, that supported us a lot from the beginning. We're sending a lot of people down to LA to get meds from us. Uh, And then eventually he even started like coming down and he'd hang down in LA and uh, point, you know, different suppliers in our direction because we were reliant on really good medicine uh, at good prices. Uh, So kept in touch and then everything kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, as I just started growing a lot more and I went to Thailand, he started growing into music a lot more. Uh, and then we did a, a G-Pen collaboration in Oregon. I think it was 2017 around then, 2018. And uh, my partner actually, uh, through creating this deal with G-Pen, uh, rekindled the relationship with, with Byrne uh, at his house, in his older house in, in the North Bay. Uh, and we've been in, in touch since. and been close and it's been great you know ever since we started in oregon together uh we do here together at at natura um and then we're starting cookies thailand this summer which will be mostly merch and introducing all of the branding and the swag and all that santa cruz shredder all of the 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 stuff that we're just so used to over here but thais and southeast asians haven't had access to or haven't haven't seen and the culture and the music and Eventually the genetics, you know, right now they're growing, you know, strictly medical uh, through pilot projects with the universities, but obviously um, eventually they'll have adult use and all that fun stuff.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Such a crazy story intertwined with the, with the legend. I mean, you're a legend yourself, you know, so you hold, you got, you hold that, that status in this space. Well, how, how dope has it been to get to Thailand? Cause I know you have some ties out there. Obviously you lived out there and you know, you brought this product line that, that's, you know, uh in, in inspired thai. by the flavors over there D Thai which which are great I was gonna say the pineapple are great I can't I think I had the, the jackfruit we're hitting too I can't I've had a couple of them but the I'm just always a pineapple guy so that's like my go-to. Uh but what how how cool has it been to see kind of Thailand take this because I know they've been exploring medical cannabis for a while and I know uh some places in 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 Southeast Asia have been a little more lax on on you know, drugs or anything over the years, but what has it been to see kind of their program get developed and, and how they've started to kind of break the stigma, if you will, over there? It's amazing. Cause when I first visited Thailand in 2005, it was a uh, new year's Eve,
1: 2005. So going the night of going into 2006 was my first night day in Thailand ever. And at that time, the Bangkok Hilton was what they called the the jail uh, right outside Bangkok and uh, you know, using drugs at that time, uh, they had just like the the government, the, the they had just exiled or they were exiling uh, the prime minister and they had just killed like a couple thousand drug dealers uh, for, you know what I mean? So like it was really not the place uh, to be using or consuming or selling drugs. So I, you know, coming from California, I was mm-hmm. in the dispensary all like using a lot. I literally quit like for my three weeks like i had such a hard time sleeping and eating uh for the first like five days uh but i was so nervous and i didn't want to get caught and all my friends made me nervous and i didn't really see anything around you didn't see it mm-hmm. Saw like some reggae bars here and there that used to be like the wink wink code code uh for a tourist in in thailand you know if you're in bangkok or phuket or Koh Samui, <clears throat> find the reggae bar ask the dread-headed thai guy for <laughs> a little bag on the side and usually he'll take care of you um, from that uh, to being there. Uh, and, you know, th- cannabis used to be really in the Thai culture Yeah. between all of the heroin, like epidemic, like all of that, that was going on. And then the USDEA like going in around the world and telling everyone to suppress their culture, all that stuff and giving them money to suppress and whatnot they took a real hard line. But now as you know, we're opening up like we are here in North America and in America, the rest of the world is sitting around like, what the heck, like we stopped it because of you guys. <laughs> and now they're like, really like, okay. like now they're like ready. So like, now they're heading into like, you know, a couple of years ago, the one of the partners, one of my partners in Thailand, Tom, he's really close friends with the uh, Minister of Health uh, uh, Anutin. And he invited me to the opening of this clinic and they had like you would go to a, a sports game and have the mascot of like uh, you know the, the dancing guy with the whole like outfit. They have a can of they have a weed leaf. His name is Mr. Weed, and he's government. It's like federal. He's a, a government uh, dancing weed leaf around, <laughs> and it's gone from that to that. So now the craze is taking over. Now it's it's a little gimmicky. You have a lot of uh, derived from hemp leaf. So it's not really like even uh, the only true CBD, which is still the quality, is, is not so good, is still coming from these these clinics, that mm-hmm. are, are still a little bit more regulated. Uh, otherwise, all of the gimmicky stuff on the street that you can buy, like a tempura can of hemp leaf on top of your ice cream, it's not going to really make you feel anything. It's more that breaking of the stigma, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that they're gonna do really rapidly and really quick, what they have to do in the next two, three, four years is is what we've done. We've had the luxury of doing here over a long period of time, uh, but they'll go really fast and they're really excited and um, it's, it's it's just amazing to see because you know, you'll know you have a lot of the countries like Singapore, Indonesia, uh, Vietnam, Laos, all of, they call them ASEAN, that's the Associated Southeast Asian Nation. So it's all of the Vietnam, the, the uh, Myanmar, Ah, uh, Brunei—they're all looking. You know, they're all looking at Thailand. They all will fly at Philippines. They'll all come into Thailand. They'll be able to hopefully, mm. you know, consume similar to how people used to migrate into Amsterdam uh, from around Europe or from around the world, and then not take it home, but just enjoy it there uh, in Thailand. Between the spas and the beaches and the food, uh, it's not a bad place to consume. Cannabis. Yeah, they got some, tourists, some tourist tourist huh? It's gonna be good.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. epic. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that that insight from out there. Obviously, you know, again, we've talked about you traveled a lot of places. You've been in this game a long time. You don't have to give me, you know, your your top five, uh, you know, dead or alive strains. But what, what, are, what are your favorite? What are some of your favorite cannabis strains? A
1: couple of them are dead. Dead meaning like I would love to see them again, but I haven't found them in a long time. Uh, the original cat piss that I used to get mm-hmm. back in high school—that was just like pure ammonia. Like the, it wasn't like a train wreck, but like a train wreck had a little bit of that ammonia. Is like an ammonia-ish, mm-hmm. but cat piss was completely different. Just would smack you in the face. Uh, another one that I haven't seen in a long time was uh, when I lived in Santa Barbara for two, three years. Uh, it was called the gar, which was like it's not GMO. It's like a like a raw garlic strain that was just like raw garlic uh, racy sativa like narrow racy narrow leaf uh just crazy garlic flavor so when you know recently in the last five years for seeing gmo come up was crazy and cool because it had those same flavor profiles uh but not not you know it's not the same um just a real like my my friend Sean, who was like he's still around growing like growing and whatnot, like the real OG, like the pure, like the the, the speaking of SFV, just like that gas, mm-hmm. like just a really good gas. It's hard hard to find sometimes now, especially with everyone, you know, migrating into the the dessert strains or the gelatos and all these runs and the colorful strains. So people a lot of people forgot about that for the last couple of years. So I would love to, you know, even you know, sour is sometimes a little racy for me. I, if I'm going to go gas, I'm more on the OG. But just that smell is just mm-hmm. kind of like makes you happy just to, to smell it again. Um, some of the old like NL5 NL five Haze, just an original NL5 Haze. Um, something I haven't smelled or seen in a long time. It's just like fresh like breath. Like um, This one of my favorites. I think that was that was close. Four. That was four. Yeah.
0: Are you are you, are you on the gelato and the and the runts hype, hype train? You like some of that stuff?
1: I love them. They taste amazing. Oh, Skittles. Yeah. The Z. The Z. Yeah. I'm like a, like, I, the reason I like the Z and I love like a lot of those like you know those type strains is the way it tastes all the way down to the end of the joint. You know, it's not just like the beginning. If you're smoking a joint, mm-hmm. uh, or obviously the hash is amazing, but those sweet like you know like like reminiscent terps of just opening your favorite bag of of treats you know yeah
0: yeah that's a good that is a good point a lot of that stuff does tend to have that whole that whole joint whole blunt i mean that's the thing once you work in this industry a lot and you get a lot of product there's a lot of stuff you get halfway and you're like i have no the taste is gone i have no interest in consuming this no but everything's out there in the world
1: one thing i learned through all my years of hunting so many strains from the like you know, I used to buy the, you know, there were hype strains. We used to buy a lot of the chem crosses and the OGs and the sours. Uh, but there were also like the, the, the NL, you know, the NL crosses and the, the even the original skunks that we used to hunt through so many uh, skunk number ones. We would find some phenos sometime that would smell like and taste like black pepper. Mm. Like I haven't tasted anything since then that tasted like black pepper. Or, you know, there's just crazy pineapple, some old Maui strains we used to, I used to get at the hemp center uh, that one grower up in uh, somewhere, I think it was like North Bay or San Francisco was bringing in pure, like pure pina colada, Mm. like crazy pina, or even the old uh, Indiana bubblegum. Like that was really like you would open a jar and it was like bazooka bubblegum. I, those are terps that i'm only smelling recently and like fake you know botanical turps yeah yeah or yeah. whatnot like but it, they really exist out there in cannabis in flower form they're just so lost or or gone or people just don't have them around anymore but they they were they're they're fun
0: i i feel you i de I, I have some straight you know some some stuff that i got in the earlier 2000s that i just I haven't quite got, I got, I just b- bought a jar of something the other day and I was like, there's something in this that is a social, I can't even remember what strain, but I know exactly who I got it from. And I used to love, you know, they had just a couple flavors that you rotated through and you're getting packs. And one of the ones it was always the one, I can't even remember the name of it, but something. A in lot of those was, are usually just, just seed hunts, you know? Yeah, it just pop. took me back like 12 years instantly and I smelled it. I just thought I was in my... That,
1: that's bad. the one that's, that's what's lacking a lot of the, the really the nostalgic smells that, that bring back memories that uh, hopefully now you know people are hunting with new things and whatnot but you know people are always create new new varieties and uh, uh, that's the fun part right it's just the, what's next and how it makes you feel and at the same time we're all different you know mm-hmm. the flavor is one thing the taste is one thing but how it makes us feel is different uh what something does to you might do something differently for me what might do for the next person you know much like you know alcoholic beverages or anything that alters your mind a little bit we're all different so Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful Mm -hmm. to see what does what to certain people but
0: um the hunt is fun just hunting new varieties i love it absolutely yeah no as as a consumer I, I love it i mean there's always just stuff coming out that you like and break down the derivatives of it and then you find oh i like that strain because of this and then you can explore all the shit that they cross with that to find something new it's yeah it's, nobody nobody does this you know one thing we used to even talk about before it was legal like this is like right. name
1: another type of agricultural plant in the world like think about how even before it was legalized like it is now how many people have crossed so many varieties like you don't see i mean i know there's a lot of tomatoes i know there's a lot of apples but not like this this is just like it's (laughs) it's amazing
0: yeah we're really we're really nerding out over this compared to those (laughs) industries um you know i got i got one more question before we we, we get you up out of here man i'm just curious you know in, in that that there's always something new, there's so much coming out. What are, what are some of the, the, the tips or key things that you like to keep in mind when it comes to starting a brand or for people out there that are starting brands? What are some of those things to keep in, like just pieces of wisdom that you have for them to kind of keep in mind when it comes to not getting caught, lost in the sauce and, and standing out?
1: I would say it's you know easy to go online and, and pay you know, 100, 200, 1,000, $2,000 for a logo and make a logo and make a cool you know you know what looks like a package and whatnot but a brand is a lot more than that a brand takes a vision a brand is usually i would say make sure that if someone's going to wants to start a brand or really wants to push their brand to really focus on the story to really focus on like why you know why will someone want my brand versus you know another brand next to it um be ready for disappointment put your head down use the disappointment and convert it to positivity. You know, like a lot, you know, nothing happens overnight. Uh, a lot of brands, you know, need a really, really solid foundation. The foundation is the most important thing. The foundation is what holds all of the next stuff above it. Uh, and without that solid foundation, it's just like building a house on on a, on a cliff that's not stable, you know, it'll, it'll collapse. Um, you know, and, and you can't do, there's no I in team mm-hmm. and you really need a team to, to create a good brand because uh, a vision can only go as far as, as you know, with one person as, as, as it can. But it, once it's, it's embraced and, and recognized by others around you, it's such a powerful thing. Uh, and then the story, you know, is, is the most important thing that, that helps push that brand to those people. It's, 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 it's just not easy so Mm -hmm. i would i would really tell everyone to really make sure they they focus on on why who where you know and 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 target what what demographic they're really trying to to get their products in the hand of in the hands of because it's it's not just you know gonna whatever you make doesn't sell to everyone or Mm -hmm. people don't just want it it doesn't resonate with them uh everyone you know usually walks into a retail for the most part, either knowing what they want or, you know, relying on what the, the, the staff tells them that, that they're enjoying. So it's a process of getting the staff to even know about your brand. And a lot of that comes from the story, comes from the, the, the marketing, comes from the, the why uh, aspect of the brand. And, and um, just make sure you, you put your head down and make sure you, you, you put on the blinders to a lot of the other fuzz around and just, Make sure that your your brand and your story just uh, is ready for the masses. So just you know, talk to others, tell your story. You know, make sure that it, it all makes sense. Um, but it's really difficult. It's really difficult. The cannabis industry is way more difficult than anyone would think.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The the green rush headlines, gold rush headlines, aren't are, are all that they cracked up to be. You don't just
1: plant the seed and then the money tree comes out. Right. Right? there's
0: a lot of no, I, I think I, you dropped some gems in there. Thank you. For that. I think it's real important for people to understand like branding and positioning when it comes, like you said, you, you know, you, not everything's going to resonate with everyone. And a common thing I see is it when just talking with people that, that want to enter the space or enter the space is like, who is your brand for? And they're like, well, everyone, everyone buys weed. And it's like, then you're not, no one's going to connect to something that's for everyone. You know, it's, it's, you, you can't be that I- I- inclusive because there's no way to meet that many people the way that they want to be met, you know, like you said, exactly. everyone's different flavor, flavor preferences, music. That's what music I was gonna, blue, I colors. Sorry. It was first to
1: market being first yeah. to market, you know, a lot of people and brands and whatever they're doing, we're first to market. And that has a huge, that's huge. in anything just having your, your brand in front of people for the first time and you know, they, they know your brand before others. So that's where you want to like focus on new form factors or new creative outside of the box thinking of, of, of doing things that others haven't. And that's usually a win. Um, so I would, you know, just kind of really, uh, thinking outside of the box, getting creative, thinking, uh, you know, as the consumer walking into the retail, like your product looks different than the rest of the things available on the menu. That's, that's going to go, it's going to go far
0: absolutely yeah you don't you don't want to be the ninth choice of something man you, you want to be the first first mm-hmm. <laughs> first of your own category
1: you have to look good people like to look with their eyes and shop with their
0: eyes you know just you know uh presentation is super important absolutely absolutely well really appreciate you hopping on actually i wait one more time before we get out of here what else do you have on the docket for 2022 at, at, at natura uh the launch of sluggers i mentioned a little bit earlier
1: but it's going to be uh launching here in the next couple months Uh, we're going to be launching it right. So it's going to be people will know about sluggers, the packaging, the story. Uh, Everything is amazing. Um, D is converting uh, is not converting. It's going to have also chocolate Mm. uh, covered items and also solventless vapes uh, with, with some natural flavors that are going to be kind of almost similar to the fruits. Uh, So that's coming. Um, What else? Jelly Wizards flower, Jelly Wizards rosin vapes, uh, Fidel 70 30s. The hash holes have been a really big, big success, uh, but they're a lot for some people. Uh, so we're doing a 70 30, 70 percent flower, 30 percent hash pre-roll. Uh, that's gonna the the price. the 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 price is gonna be a lot lower than a hash hole. Uh, and it's going to be a great way for the brand Fidels to, to, to penetrate more people, to, to be able to get to more people because the ticket, the high ticket item of the hash hole is it's a little for some people to, to mm-hmm. uh, it's a little much for some people to, to embrace for a purchase. You know, it's got a full gram of rosin on the, the big one and a half gram on the smaller one. So it's also really uh, potent. Um, so we're excited about those, just a lot of those kind of things.
0: Oh, yeah. The brands continue all to other e- secrets, but, evolve know, and, and
1: develop, focus on making more, you know, adding more uh, skews to all the brands, uh, creating more things and just having fun.
0: Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see some of these developments and taste, taste some of these products and flavors, man. And, and really appreciate you hopping on here again, Josh, today um, and sharing inside of your, your, uh, you know, expertise, your journey in this space. and And what are some of the things you guys are cooking up down there? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. For anyone out there looking for more information, Natura.io is the website. Everything should be on there, correct? That, that yep. people need to find find all the things they want to find?
1: Yep. Everything on there. Got it awesome. all for the most part. And you can go on my personal Kuhn Josh 80 K-H-U-N, Josh80. Uh, and then I think Natura is Natura underscore uh, California underscore official. Or vice versa, nature underscore official slash uh, underscore one of, California. One of those. One of those second, yeah.
0: third generation Instagram handles with the, yeah, we all know. <laughs> we all know. We all know. We all know the struggles. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. Appreciate your time. Take There's care. episode 35 of the RMR podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Check us out. Leave some feedback. We'll talk to you guys soon. Much love, everyone.